What's up, Victory? How y'all feeling today? 11 o'clock. Come on. This room is this sleepy side over here. Y'all feeling good over on this side too? Okay, you're just a little full, still full from Thanksgiving. It's all right. It's okay. Man, I'm excited to be bringing the word today. If you don't know who I am, I am Chad. I am the associate campus pastor here at Victory Hamilton Mill, and I get the honor of bringing the word today. And I'm excited because you are well-rested, I know it, and you're full of food, and you have all these calories to burn by listening to what I'm saying today. So there's no excuse for you to fall asleep this morning. You're carbo-loaded, ready to go, and I'm excited about today. Come on, we're here together to listen to what God has to say and what he's going to speak to us this morning, so I'm excited. But I get the opportunity to continue this Anchored series. So if you haven't been with us for the last three or four weeks, we are in this series called Anchored. And our founding pastor, or our our, our, our senior pastor, sorry, uh, Pastor Johnson started this series off with being anchored in Jesus. Anchored in Jesus. And then week two, uh, Pastor Chris talked about being anchored in the word. Anchored in the word of God. And then last week, he talked about the fear of the Lord. That's not about our circumstances, about the reverence of knowing how big God is compared to our circumstances. And this week, I get the opportunity to talk about being anchored in gratitude. Anchored in gratitude. Come on, all the Thanksgiving. Come on, we set it up for, perfect for you guys. It's going to be amazing. But I have to be honest, every time I get a topic to talk about, it's always something I'm not very good at. <laughs> Last time I talked, was about kindness. Gosh. That was a hard one for me. I learned so much just prepping for that message. And then this week, it's talking about being anchored in gratitude. And I'm horrible at verbalizing something that I'm thinking. I don't know why, but I, I think as a man, I don't know, guys, in, in the room, I'm not sure if this is just me or it's all of us, but I just assume that my thoughts are somehow transmitting from my brain to my wife's brain without me having to actually verbalize it out of my mouth. Why did God create us that way? I don't understand. <laughs> and me and my wife, we were, off, uh, we were out of town this last week um, celebrating Thanksgiving with our family, with our kiddos, and we had, a, we, had a, we had a talk. We had a talk. And my wife came to me and said, I, I need more words from you. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I'm going to pass the mic off over here and just let her finish the message. She said, I need more words from you, and I need you to tell me the things that you are thinking. Or if you are thankful for me, I need you to affirm me by telling me what you're thinking. Now, this naturally doesn't come, come natural for me. I, we're 18 years into marriage, and I'm still trying to figure out how to do this. Fellas, help me out. 18 years of marriage, and I still don't know how to do it because I'm wired a certain way, but it's okay. It's okay. My wife and I, we took this, uh, this assessment um, kind of in the beginning of our marriage, on the five love languages. You guys know what this is, the five love languages? <laughs> the guys are like, yeah. <laughs> there are five love languages, and we took the test. No brainer for me. We were early on in marriage. The, the, the one that resonated for me is physical touch. I'm a man. I love to be touched physically. That's how you show me you love me. Give me a hug. Scratch my back. Come on, fellas in the room. Like, that's how we feel love. Very simple. Very simple. I mean, you saw the results. That one was way out. Everything else was very, very small. And then my wife takes the tests. And every single answer was even. Every, all five of them. All five, the same amount. 
I'm at a lose-lose. I don't know what's what. I don't, which one? Which one do I do? Which, which of the five? I don't want to hear all, all of them, ladies. I don't want to hear that, okay? I know that now. The problem is it's not one per day. It's multiple in the same day. And I feel like I'm set up for a loss. But I'm learning. And fellas, we're all learning how to express what's going on on the, on the inside. So I love this, uh, this visual of being anchored. We got this anchor back here. I love this visual because to me, it signifies strength. There's strength in this. It's not flimsy. That's a very substantial piece of hardware. And I love the strength that's associated with this visually. I love that we can talk about the strength that is the reliance on Jesus. Like there is strength in reliance on Jesus. There is strength in reliance on the word of God. It does not fail. It does not change. It has been the same for generations, for thousands of years. There is strength in reverence and submission to God because he is mighty and worthy of our praise. He is mighty and above all the circumstances of this life. And there is strength in living a life of gratitude. That means a heart posture. Our posture of how we approach God and how we approach life. William Arthur Ward says this, Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgivings, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. Come on. Man, we need moments where we can stop and understand that God has been good. He has been good. We have seen his goodness in our lives. So my hope today is that we leave today living lives of gratitude. And I've got, like a, I've got like a jazzy, smoky, gravelly thing happening in my voice today because I wasn't feeling good last week. But I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna pray real quick that God would, one, strengthen my voice, but also prepare our hearts to receive what he's gonna speak. So let's pray just one more time. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you that when I'm weak, you are strong. God, I thank you that I can look back at my life and see the amazing things that you've done and be grateful for the amazing things that you've done in my life. So God, I pray that right now, you'd prepare our hearts to receive what you're gonna speak. And God, we would have fun hearing your word, hearing your truths, and spending time together in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, as a kid, I have a few Christmases I can remember where there was this one gift. I mean, the one thing that I wanted so bad, and I got the thing. Y'all have a, a Christmas you remember like that as a child or even as an adult? Like, what did you get? Like, yell it out. Huh? He-Man. He-Man. The action figure. Okay. All right, Phil. All right. Anybody else? Come on. Come on. I'm not going to call you on the platform. What? Walkie-talkies. Walkie Say it again. Millennium Falcon. Lego set. Okay. Anybody over here? One thing. Say again. Secret diary. Okay, I don't know what that is. That sounds cool. Four-wheeler? Come on, Steve. Your parents, man. Come on. What were they doing to you, man? Four-wheeler. No, I have three Christmases I can remember. And the first one that comes to mind, I mean, these are vivid memories. You can't take them away. I remember what the room smelled like. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what was going on in the moments. And in the winter of 1989... Yes, I was alive then. In the winter of 18, 1899, <laughs> not that old. 
1989, I got the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, this wasn't like, this wasn't just any entertainment system. This was Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combo. Come on. Came with the pistol. I was out there shooting ducks. Jumping on mushrooms. I was in the house for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours playing this thing. You know why? Because you can't save your progress in that game. So these kids nowadays, you got these games, you can do five minutes, save it, and leave it, and do whatever. You had to commit hours and hours and hours to finishing the game. And I remember hours laying on the floor in that house playing Mario Brothers. And then a few years later, I, I don't know if you grew up in like the late 80s, early 90s, but BMX bikes were the jam. If you had a BMX bike, you were the kid on the block. And when I was about eight or nine years old, my parents got me this black BMX bike with the gold wheels, y'all. I was, I was stunting everywhere. I was jumping over everything, every curb, every hill, every cat in the neighborhood, anything I could find to jump over. I was jumping over with this BMX bike. I loved it. And then when I was like 16, 17, there was this technology that, that hit the streets called DVDs. <laughs> and my parents bought me a DVD player, and I, I bought my first movie, which was The Matrix, 1999. Come on, Keanu Reeves, the one. And I watched that movie so many stinking times. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I was so thankful for those gifts. I was so thankful. But did I show gratitude? Did I show gratitude? See, there's a difference between thankfulness and gratitude. See, thankfulness is just like a feeling. It's a feeling. And it's something internal. See, I can be thankful that, that I get a paycheck. I'm thankful for that. But I don't necessarily express it with my words or my actions. See, that's what gratitude is. Gratitude is an external expression of the feeling of being thankful. So you're expressing something on the inside, on the outside. Now, I already talked about how horrible I am at that. I already talked about that. But we have to learn to live a life of gratitude, being thankful, but not just being thankful on the inside, but expressing our gratitude on the outside to God and to others. So what is gratitude? Is this, this action that expresses thanks? We're going to see it right here in Luke 17. I want to jump into scripture. So you want to jump in with me. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. I read in the, the New Living Translation. It says right here, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And I want to show you an image of these 10 lepers. And I love this. 10 men healed. 10 men healed. 
Nine men that are thankful. But one man that returns to give thanks to the healer. We have 10 men here. Nine men that are content with adding Jesus to their life. Let's call Jesus the icing on the cake. They have lives. Jesus did his thing. That's an added bonus for my life. But we have one man who stopped and made that moment a defining moment for his life. I would call it the next chapter for his life. Slowing down and thanking his healer for his healing. I mean, look at this picture of this man. This is what I love about this image. His hands healed. But what I can see in this image is a man that probably spent a lot of time doing this. Probably a lot of time looking at his hands, looking at the sores, looking at the skin, looking at the damage on his body. But what I love about this image, he's actually shifted his focus away from the problem and onto the healer. I love this. So today I want to introduce you to probably two of the most powerful words in the English language, and that is thank you. Thank you. Man, we can think thank you, we can feel thank you, but man, we got to say thank you. See, all the, of all the people on the earth today, I feel like we should be living these lives of thankfulness, of gratitude. As believers, we know where we came from. We know where we are destined to go. But we also know what Jesus did to change all of that. So we should be infectious with joy. We should have these lives that when people come in contact with us, man, they, it's odd to them. It's peculiar how, how much joy we have, how much gratitude we live in, because we actually know the full story. We know the beginning and end of the book. Most people have no understanding of that. We're supposed to be people of joy. I mean, we're supposed to be, I would say, polarizing from this culture. This culture says, nah, nothing's good enough. This culture says, keep hustling. You need more. That's not enough. More, more, more. Don't be satisfied, right? I mean, we're supposed to be people that are so grateful and thankful for everything that we have and everything that God's done in our lives. See, troubles and trials keep you looking down, like the leper we saw his hands. Troubles and trials, they keep you looking down at the problem and the situation that you're in. But say, faith says, faith and hope says, look up. Look up beyond the problems and the situations that you're in. We all go through things. I get it. Sickness, disease, brokenness, feeling lost. Yes, these are horrible things, and we can speak life into those things, absolutely. But I feel like there's a lot of times where we just need to take our focus off of the issue and put our eyes on God. This is what I love. There's these visual images they put on the Weather Channel, like when a when a hurricane's happening and they have this huge funnel cloud that they show on the map, right? And you see this thing and it's, it's huge. It's like half of the United States is this funnel cloud. 
But here's what's so crazy about it. You can get high enough above that cloud and that storm, the sun is still shining. That cloud has not taken over the sun. It is still there, bright, warm, lighting up the sky. But see, we can't see that because we're so focused on the storm. All we see is the clouds looming around us. But if we would lift our eyes above what we're going through and look to God, look at his goodness, his goodness is always shining. We've all experienced it in our lives. So let's be people that look up from our circumstances and look at God's goodness in our life, in the past of our life, and see the sunshine of God beaming down on our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's lift our head. Come on, people. See, if we do, but if we feel thankful and we don't express it, like, how good is that? If we're thinking it, if I'm thinking on the inside and you're thinking on the inside, but you don't express it, how good is it? Now, I've got this, I've got a couple of gifts here. I've got three children. I wrapped these yesterday. I thought I did a pretty good job. Uh, I have three children, and I get a mixed bag of responses on Christmas when I give them gifts, mainly because me and Lori, we decided uh, a couple years ago that we are going to do this thing with gifts, because gifts can get out of control, y'all. We, we can get out of control with gifts on Christmas. We decided we're going to do something very simple. We saw somebody told us about it, and we are like, that's it. That's what we're doing for our kids and our family. We do four gifts for our kids. We do something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. If you need that, I'll give it to you after service, because I know you're like, I need, it. I need this in my life. Four gifts. Now, if the grandparents want to go crazy and give them stuff on top of that, that's on them. They start acting crazy. I'm like, your grandparents did that. That's not on us. Like, you got the four gifts. You got what you needed, what you wanted, and you got something to read and wear. Okay, so, but we'll get this, like, max, this, this different mix of responses based on what we give them. And my oldest son, he knows that one of those four gifts is most likely going to be socks. <laughs> Underwear. Because, bro, either he needs it or he needs to wear it. <laughs> so we get it for him. So I'll give him a gift, and we, we already know which box it's in, you know, so I'm like, I'm like watching him. But he'll just, you know, he'll peel it back. And he's looking for, like, kids are so smart, man. They're looking for, like, a logo on the box. Like, they know if they see, like, some Lego images on there or a Nintendo logo, like, they're excited about it. But see, he, he pulls it back. He doesn't really see anything kind of going on. And he already knows. He already knows. And this kid, he won't even like fully open the box. He'll just kind of like, you know, he just kind of like peeks at it and he knows what's in there and he just kind of like, thanks, you know, thanks for the socks, dad. Like his face is just so stoic, you know, I'm like, bro, you need those. Like you need socks. Like, okay. He's thankful, I guess, maybe. I don't think he really is, you know, but like that's not the response. See, Family, when I spend that money, I want my kids to be excited about what I got them. When I see what I spent on Amazon, I want to make sure that they are jumping and screaming for what I provided for them. So this is the kind of response I actually like getting. I like when they peel it back. They peel it back, and then they see a peak. Oh, shoot. They see a peak of something that they like, you know? And they're like, oh, for real? Oh, no way. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. What? Yes! 
That's the response I want as a parent because I bust my hump to pay for them gifts. I want them to be excited about it. I want them to show me gratitude for what I've given them. And our heavenly father is the same way. He wants us to show him gratitude for what he's done in our lives. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about when we should practice gratitude. Well, one, I want my kids to practice it at Christmas. But let's jump into a couple, a couple of scriptures here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says this, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always. Be thankful in all circumstances. Philippians 4, 4 through 6. We're going to park on this scripture today, so I want you all to really jump on this one. Philippians 4, 4 through 6. This is a New Living Translation. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. A couple words stood out to me right here. All and every. All and every. Be thankful in all circumstances. Consider, be considerate in all you do. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I know what you're thinking. Chad, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know my circumstances. Man, I'm going through it right now. My marriage, it's tough. It's tough. My relationships, they're strained. My job is horrible. The economy is tough. No, I get all those things. See, even in sickness, in broken relationships, in political division, unemployment, we should be looking for and affirming the goodness of God because we've all experienced it in our lives. See, every morning when me and Lori uh, take the kids to school, most mornings she takes them to school, but we try to get together and, and take them to school together, and we spend that time with them in the car, in the car riding lane. Bless us, Lord. <laughs> and we spend that time with them, just loving on them, connecting with them, because they can't go anywhere. Like, they're stuck in the car with us. So we're loving on them. But we do this exercise every morning where we ask them what they're grateful for. Like, what are you grateful for? And we get all kinds of answers. They're very simple most of the time, like food, my room, our car, you know, things like that. But, like, we want to get them in a posture of being grateful. Like, we want our kids to start every day with a thankful heart, thanking God for what they have. Yes, it is kind of repetitive at times, but you know what? I do want them to be thankful that we have a car because we could not. Like they have their health. We have a beautiful family. We have a home to go to. Like these are things to be thankful for. So why do we practice gratitude? Why? Why practice it? Now, see, I'm not saying you should live in denial about the bad things in your life, the problems, the struggles, no, I mean, it, it's good to understand that, have a healthy understanding of what's going on in your life. I'm not saying that like gratitude downplays or denies the negativity, because that's not healthy. But we do need to be focused on gratitude, because it actually does something for us. And King David, he had this amazing practice. 
through Psalms. Maybe read Psalms. King David, he is crying out to God when, when things are rough, but he is also glorifying God when things are great. He goes, he's on both sides of the spectrum. Y'all ever read Psalms and think like, this guy is crazy. Like literally four verses ago, he was saying how horrible things are, and now he's saying how amazing things are. Let me ask you this question. If I took your daily journal of your highs and lows of your life, and I smashed it together into one book, and someone else read that book, wouldn't you look a little crazy too in that book? I would. Because there are constant times, even the same day, where I'm like, oh, this is so horrible. And at the end of the day, I'm like, man, today was awesome. So what does it have to do with actually being anchored in Jesus? We're talking about this, this series, Anchored, Anchored in Jesus. Well, I want us to dive into this Philippians 4, 4 through 9. We're going to spend some time here. I want you guys to really soak in this scripture and think about and listen to what God's saying. These aren't just words of a man. These are God's words spoken through man, okay? So we're going to dive in. I want you to be thinking about this. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 is the New Living Translation, there's this, I want, there's like this, this theme in here, laced in here. I want you guys to catch it. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. This is Paul talking to the early church. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then God, the God of peace will be with you. See, there's this progression in here. If you're taking notes, we're going to call this progression the three steps to living a life anchored in gratitude. Three steps to living a life anchored in gratitude. The first step that stands out to me is right there in verse 4, embracing joy. Embracing joy. Right there in verse 4, it says, always be full of joy. When? Always be full of joy in the Lord. He says, I say it again, rejoice. He's trying to get you to understand Change your perspective. Always be full of joy. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, what is joy? What is happiness? I think we might get the two mixed up. Happiness, joy. Joy, happiness. Well, happiness is based on circumstances, right? Go to the store. They got your favorite drink or ice cream flavor. Man, I'm happy. I get on the highway, no traffic. You know it. I'm happy. But see, that can come and go. Because as soon as you get down the road on 85... Guess what? There's traffic, and then my happiness is gone because circumstances changed. But see, joy is actually something very different. Joy is in the core of who we are. It's actually something that's not even uh, uh, developed inside of us. It's actually something that's given to us by God. Joy, a fruit of the Spirit, something actually that we can pray for and he will give freely to those who ask. But see, this joy is actually something different. It actually outlasts circumstances. It's actually not affected by the highs and the lows of life or circumstances. It actually withstands and endures beyond that. So joy, embracing joy, 
joy that's given by God. See, this joy actually does something very unique for us. Joy actually shifts the perspective of our prayers. From God, you can do it again, because I've seen you do it. See, joy actually shifts the focus of our minds and our heart. You know, things are tough, God, but I know you can turn it around. See, joy is actually this lens that we look at life through. There's this old saying about these rose-colored glasses, right? You see everything in this tent. Well, we can actually live lives of gratitude, being filled with joy, and it actually will change our perspective and how we see the world and our circumstances. It doesn't negate that we're not going through hard things, but it changes our perspective on how we're looking at it. See, gratitude for God and gratitude for the past that God's given us builds confidence and hope for the future. See, when we're gracious and we express gratitude for what God's already done, it actually sets us up for the future for what God wants to do in our lives. It's balancing. We get to look back and say, God, you're good. And I know you'll be good again. And we'll experience his goodness again in our lives. See, here's the truth, family. If he has been faithful, he will be faithful. This doesn't mean that everything that's gone as we hoped, everything's been great. No. But that doesn't change the fact that God is good. See, it means that in the past storms, we can see how God was present when we're gracious and, grat- and we express, express gratitude to God. We can see how God was present in those storms and how he worked in us and everything for us. So we talked about embracing joy, expressing praise. Did I skip over praise? Y'all, I did. Point two, we're going to go back. <laughs> expressing praise. Sorry, I jumped off my notes. Verse six, don't worry about anything. Instead of pray for everything, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Thank him for all he has done. Gratitude guides what we think about and how we see the world. Like I talked about the rose-colored glasses. And gratitude guides what we're basing our joy on, not the circumstances, but God's goodness in our lives. Now I'm back on track. Here we go. So embracing joy. Talk about this joy that God gives us, this joy that sustains Expressing praise to God, praising him for what we've already seen him do in our lives. And the third one is experiencing God's peace. I love in verse seven, it says, then you will experience God's peace. What do you mean, then you will experience God's peace? Well, if you jump back over into verse six, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love this. God's peace, which extends anything we can understand. I got this visual in the first, mess, in the first service, and I feel like God gives us these moments in our life to hold on to. He gives us these promises. See, when you go back and you look back at your life and you see God's goodness, you can actually take that into the future. He's given you something to take with you. And I got this visual of like a walking stick. See, when God's brought me through something, that promise that I've experienced, it's like my walking stick to walk through the sludge, through the, the ditches, through the despair in life, through the hard times. I've got this walking stick of his promise 
to lean on to get me through this hard time and out of that side into the next promise of God. And God gives us these things. So let's embrace God's joy. Let's express praise to him. Let's experience his peace by taking our needs and desires and thanking him for who, who he is and what he's done. I love it right here in, this, in verse four. It says, well, guard your hearts and minds. See, that word guard is like a military structure. Strong, can't be moved, can't be shaken. And then earlier in the verse, it says, you'll experience God's peace, which extends, uh, exceeds anything we can understand. Another translation says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That word transcend means far above or better. What he's saying is, the peace of God will transcend the understanding of your situation. So going back to this storm metaphor, man, you're in the storm, but God's peace is above that storm. It's bigger than that storm. It's the sunshine above the clouds. So yes, we can understand the situation we're in, but we should have peace and a supernatural understanding of God's peace that extends and surpasses all those things because it can't be affected. God's peace cannot be shaken, cannot be moved, cannot be destroyed. It outlasts everything. So this peace of God is better than the understanding of our circumstances. See, when we practice gratitude before the Lord, we experience God's peace that's better than understanding our circumstances. See, this practice aggressively protects and guards our hearts and minds. So when we express gratitude, when we experience God's peace, it guards our hearts and our minds. So we can be those people I talked about earlier. When we come in contact with them, they're just different. We're called to be polarizing and different, not just for the fact of being different, but so we can point people back to God. So earlier we talked about King David, and I love this. In uh, Psalm 7, you get kind of the whole package from King David. It starts off, and, and, and David is saying this, I come to you for protection, O Lord my God. Save me from my persecutors and rescue me. Man, he's starting off. This is tough, the situation. But this psalm is only 17 verses. The first five are this lament of God. I, I need your help. I need you. But then verses six through 13 is David declaring God's power and his might. You gotta read this, Psalm 7. Mark it and, and read it when you get home. And at the end of Psalm 7, in verse 17, King David is showing gratitude for God. Okay, hold on, we just saw a lot happen right there. It talked about his lament, the, thing, the, the struggle that he's dealing with, right? Like the things that we would all struggle with, our situational stuff. But then he contrasts that with God's power. He declares God's power and might in the midst of those circumstances. And then it ends with him thanking God and showing gratitude to God for what he's already experienced in his life. So let's look at what he says right here in verse 17. I will thank the Lord because he is just. Now, how can he say, I will thank the Lord because he is just? He can say that because he's experienced it. He's experienced God move in his life. And he can say, God is just. I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. God is just and he's worthy of my praise. Man, that's what we're called to do. 
Doesn't mean that he didn't talk about the things he was going through, but he declared God's goodness, his power, his mercy, and he gave gratitude to God where he deserved it. And maybe you can't see anything worth being grateful for. Maybe you're like, man, my life is tough right now. We're going through this. Our finances are, are tough, they're tight. I'm sick. I'm dealing with this sickness in my body. I have these broken relationships. My career's not going where I thought it would. Well, let me tell you something today. You're breathing on your own. Come on. You are here in this room, not stuck in a bed at home. You and I, we can worship in public without persecution. Come on. We can pick up and read a Bible that's not illegal. And you've eaten most likely in the last 24 hours. In fact, I would say you've probably eaten too much in the last 24 hours. These are things to be grateful for. We gotta change our perspective, y'all. We gotta change the lens that we're looking at life through. About six years ago, uh, Lori and I, we were, um, we, she was pregnant with our third, and I wasn't pregnant. Um, she was pregnant with our third child. And uh, we went to the doctor to get an ultrasound and check up and all these different things. And uh, they're in there measuring, and we're excited. We're seeing this little thing roll around in there and, uh, you know, all the weird noises that the machine makes. And we're just excited about what's happening. And the, uh, the technician is there. She's doing her measurements, taking pictures, and saying, oh, this is the leg, and this is the head, and all these different things. And it was exciting. And then she starts kind of focusing on one area and kind of zooming in and taking pictures and measurements. And she leaves the room. She comes back. And she's like, all right, I got to show you all something that I found. We kind of need to talk about this. And what she had found was a hole in the baby's heart. And we went from like super excited to like confused and, and, and concerned. And just, you know, it's like this unfair mix of emotions that it's not their fault. They probably have to deal with it all the time. But we just didn't kind of, we couldn't digest it in the moment. But we just... We left the doctor's office and we got in the car and uh, started praying. We were just praying together and uh, we decided we were gonna go to our small group. We had an amazing small group at the time. Told them about what was going on and they prayed with us. And, and we just decided we were gonna just give it to God and just, God, you're mighty. You are above all these things. You're stronger than these things, the situation that we're in. And we could actually look back at what God had already done in our lives. See, we had dealt with infertility. We dealt with loss, great loss. When we started trying to have kids, um, we'd seen the ups and downs of it, but we had two healthy kids. So we could look back and say, well, we have two healthy kids. And if he's been faithful, he will be faithful. So we prayed with our small group. We went back to our, our uh, next appointment and they had a whole myriad of things they were going to talk to us about and options that we had and different things we needed to do and they get in there and they start measuring taking pictures and the tech starts zooming in and looking and doing different things and she's like I can't I can't find it I can't find the hole not a dot 
Not a dot, not a smudge, nothing could be found. And man, we left that knowing if he's been faithful, he will be faithful. Amen? So I don't know if you're struggling with this message about being grateful, being thankful. I don't know, maybe you're in life and you, you haven't experienced God's peace. You haven't experienced his peace. I want to create a moment and just take some time. I purposely made this message shorter so we could take this time together. So I want us to take this time. We're going to take a few moments. I want you to thank God and express your gratefulness to God for the things you know he's already done in your life. Now, I don't know if that means you actually journaling something, like taking out a piece of Pen, like a pen and pen and a piece of paper, or if that's you texting or putting something in your phone, or if that's you just sitting there and reflecting on God's goodness and in your heart expressing your gratefulness to Him, whatever that looks like to you, I want to spend a few moments right now and just provide this space for maybe us to shift our perspective for the first time in a long time and thank God and show him our great, how grateful we are for what he's done in our lives. Let's just take a few moments. Please don't let this moment pass you. Let's thank God.
maybe through these moments of contemplation and remembrance, maybe you're realizing you feel like this distance between you and God and you feel like you need to reconnect and recommit your life to him. Maybe you're wanting to commit your life to Christ for the first time and say, man, I need to understand this peace and experience this peace. I wanna live this life of gratitude, being full of joy that abounds beyond my circumstances. Well, I wanna create a moment and just pray together. And family, I want you to join with me on this prayer. And if this is your prayer, just speak it out. Be grateful that you have the opportunity to ask God to be your Lord and Savior. So let's repeat this together. Say, God, I need you. God, I'm so grateful for what you've done for me in the past and what you have for me in the future. So Jesus, right now, I give you my life. I declare you as Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Remove the sin in my life and replace it with your love and a grateful heart. And I'll live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with those who gave their life to Christ. All right, family, we get to do something amazing together, and that's take communion. So I want, I want us to stand up on our feet and join together. Let's take a posture, man. We're going to kind of celebrate this moment. And I love communion because I'm about being grateful. It's the perfect thing to express gratitude. See, communion is not just this thing we do as believers. We're actually expressing gratefulness and gratitude for what Jesus did for us. So if you don't have element, you can raise your hand. The ushers will get one for you. Maybe this is the first time you've ever done communion. And that's okay. I love it. I love we get to do this together as a community. We're gonna read a scripture and we're gonna go through communion together. But what I love about this, this scripture is actually Matthew and it's Jesus talking to the disciples. Now what was happening in these moments when Jesus was talking to his disciples, they were actually celebrating Passover. And they were celebrating that God had passed over their sins and their transgressions and that he had released them from their captivity and bondage in Egypt. And they had this, this festival to celebrate that every year. Well, what Jesus was doing in these moments with his disciples was he was actually letting them know that the old sacrificial system of killing a spotless lamb was over because he came to be the final sacrifice for all mankind. So we get to partake and celebrate in that together. So we're celebrating that God is our savior, that Jesus came to save us, but also that we get to spend eternity in heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we are gonna celebrate God, but we are going to remember what he did. So let's remember together. See, as Jesus was with his disciples, he took some bread 
and he blessed it and he broke it in pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it. What I love to do, I love to break the wafer as a sign of remembrance for what Jesus did for us. Let's take the bread together. Then he took this cup of wine. And he gave it to them. And he said, each of you drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. There is something so powerful in that statement, I don't want to rush past it. A blood covenant with God. See, to be able to enter the presence of God before that, you had to sacrifice an animal. And that blood had to atone for your sins so you could even get a little closer to God. But what he was saying is, Jesus was saying, my blood will forever destroy that barrier between you and the Father. So now you can come boldly to the throne room, boldly to your Father's feet, asking him for what you need, and he'll give it to you. I love that. So as we take this, Let's remember what Jesus' sacrifice did and the access to God that it gave us. Let's celebrate as we take this cup together. Let's take it. There's some buckets on the end of the aisle, so you can pass those down. So we're gonna take a few more moments. Maybe you didn't get quite through the, the, the gratitude process earlier. Maybe you weren't able to talk to God and do all the things you wanted to do. I challenge you as you leave today, start a journal. Tell God how grateful you are for the things he's done in your past, thanking him for his goodness. Let's take a few moments and let's just enter into God's presence with hearts of gratitude and just soak in, man, God's goodness. Let's worship together.